0: Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. right, everyone. I'm super excited to have a guest on the show today. Today we have Rakim Sabri. Um, Rakim Sabri is a millennial author, speaker, personal finance expert, and the co-founder of a nonprofit called An Extended Hand, Inc., which focuses primarily on empowering and educating those who are at risk of or currently impacted by homelessness. Thank you so much, Rakim, for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I love the Extended Hand Initiative because, um, you know, we had a little discussion before we went on about what homelessness looks like, and it's not what everybody thinks it is. Um, so if you could just dive a little bit into that, like the different ways homelessness can look.
1: Right, so, um, you know, kind of leading into... The, the founding of the organization, I was very much desensitized to homelessness, right? So I grew up in New York and, you know, you see people walking around asking for money and you just kind of learn to look past them or look through them. And so um, in establishing the organization, I had to resensitize myself to homelessness and educate myself on the spectrum that exists uh, for people who are impacted by homelessness or in danger of being impacted by homelessness. And through research, um, I've found that, you know, that spectrum is much wider than is publicized, publicized rather. Um, You have people who think that homeless individuals are lazy or not willing to work and they completely, you know, skip over the population of college students who are homeless um, by circumstance because they can't afford housing while they're going to school, or the population of um, school-age kids, high school and, um, and lower, who are homeless because of their circumstances, and so they're couch surfing or um, trying to figure out, you know, how to get a meal, or going to school simply to get a meal, and um, the population of homeless veterans who come back um, after being deployed, and um, and they can't find work or they're impacted by uh, PTSD or, or other mental illnesses. And, and that creates a spiral, right? So you have mm-hmm. people who, because they're homeless and they're in a situation where, um, you know, they're desperate and, and they don't know what else to do. A lot of times they do turn to alcohol, they do turn to drugs. And then you have your, your stereotypical homeless individual who is abusing drugs because, they don't have any other choice or they don't feel like they have any other choice or um you know they have to sleep under a bridge or you know the different things that we see and demonize uh homelessness so um that was kind of the eye opening piece of starting and co-founding the organization is understanding the different spectrum of individuals who are impacted by homelessness but also relating that spectrum to the, you know, the average or everyday American, right? So you have people who live paycheck to paycheck and, and may live comfortably paycheck to paycheck. But mm-hmm. if that stream of income stops, now you're a, a check or two checks or maybe three checks away from being homeless and then having to figure out what it is that you, um, that you have to do in order to kind of make ends meet or not make ends meet, you know, Right. um you might end up homeless with a car and kind of living out of your car and, and and that situation or um you know a whole host of other things but really just kind of my focus my aim my passion and drive in, in, in this organization outside of education pieces to uh people to the issue of homelessness but also help um provide preventative measures for people who could be impacted by homeless, and then, of course, direct services for people who are impacted by it.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, I just want to drive that point home. Like, this can happen to anybody. Like... Americans, we, a lot of us don't have any savings. And so like Rakim said, you know, we could be a paycheck or two from losing our house and being on the streets or being in our car or um, couch surfing from house to house. And I mean, that's real. And I think people need to realize like, this is not a game. I can't stand clutter. So when I want to get rid of my unwanted stuff and turn it into cold, hard cash, I use Declutter.com. With Declutter.com, it's very simple. You just use their handy barcode scanner to get a free instant valuation. No auctions, no fees, no hassle. You pack your items into a box and ship your box for free and get payment the very next day. Declutter.com is rated five stars on TrustPilot and a Better Business Bureau accredited business. clutter.com has made me a lot of money from stuff that just sits around the house. As a listener to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast, you can actually get a $5 boost to your valuation or $5 off if you decide to buy something used. The code for that is moneytalk5, M-O-N-E-Y-T-A-L-K and the number five And you can use that when you check out at declutter.com, D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R.com. I love declutter and you should too. So, I want to just talk a little bit about, because I I talk a lot on the podcast and on my blog about financial literacy, and I love how you put your own little spin on that, and um, you call it financial empowerment. I think that is so dope, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, financial literacy, you're like, yeah, you know, (laughs) do I really want to be literate today? I'm not sure, but, (laughs) you know, if you say financial empowerment, you're like, do I want to be empowered today? Absolutely. (laughs) So you have your second book coming out um, about financial empowerment, which congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: If you can just talk a little bit about that, um, like what does financial empowerment mean to you?
1: So um, I've been in financial services for going on 10 years and, and I've seen the entire spectrum, right? You see people who have extreme wealth and people who have extreme poverty or and everybody in between and what I realize is common among the people who have wealth is their mindset. And what's common true to people who don't have wealth is their mindset. And so the mindset piece is often neglected when we talk about the strategies that um, help to build wealth, or at the very least, put you on the path to building wealth. And so, more than the literacy piece, that has you know, depending on who's hearing it, a negative connotation. Um, helping people to believe, first of all, that it's possible to build wealth, and then instructing them on the means to do so in in whatever avenue that happens. And right, so you know, you can talk about building credit. You talk about budgeting and saving, You talk about, um, you know, the purchasing of, of assets or investing. And, you know, all of those different avenues are small parts of the, the overall picture. Um, but in order to have somebody become self-sufficient, not reliant on, um, you know, coaching for long term, or, you know, that constant nudge, they need to feel empowered, they need to, they need to be inspired to want to do this kind of thing. Because, you know, finance has a, a kind of, and I, I don't think so, but to most people, a, a boring connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be complicated. It can be tiresome and and take up a lot of time. You think about um, analyzing your spending or budgeting. I was doing the exercise last week, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at these <laughs> numbers anymore. But you think about the long term effects of of making these choices and planning or rather um, what most Americans do and failing to plan, and then you have to deal with the repercussions of that and react from a survival perspective or a reflex perspective instead of being proactive and and understanding, okay, at this point, I'm going to be here. And so that empowerment piece is kind of like, you know, getting the car started and warmed up to go on the journey. And, um, you know, a lot of times they say you, you, you shouldn't jump into a car w- without warming it up. Um, and I think that, you know, putting that frame of mind where I'm going to be successful, I'm going to go out and I'm going to control my circumstances. I'm going to control my spending. I'm going to control my income. I'm going to sacrifice so that I can have later. Um, I heard somebody recently say that uh, discipline is a form of self-care and that resonated so strongly with me because um you know discipline is that you know that bitter that bitter medicine that bitter tasting. You know, oh i don't want to do this but i have to do this and i have to get up and i have to keep doing this and it's, it's a chore a lot of times when you hear that but it, what comes out of the discipline in the long term is what everybody is aspiring for whether it's that beach body um, you know, as a result of all the hours that she been working out and, and being carefully aligned to a diet, or it's the financial independence that comes from paying yourself first, budgeting, saving, investing, not going out to the club every week and, you know, buying a new outfit. And so there's that element of um, deferred gratification um, that, that really kind of hits home when it's necessary. In the world we live in today, especially with, you know, the internet at our fingers and social media, it makes everything very easily accessible. And so in this world where everything is easily accessible, um, it's very hard to focus on disciplines and and that deferred gratification, long-term planning, because, you know, we're in the age of YOLO, right? So it's like, let's do it now. (laughs) Let's get it done because, you don't you only live once and, Mm. you know, you don't know what tomorrow holds. But then tomorrow gets here, and it's like, okay, well, now what do I do?
0: Exactly, and I mean, it's yellow, but it's also FOMO, like fear of missing out. That's right. Like people don't want to say no to their friends because they're like, oh, they're gonna have fun without me. I'm gonna miss this. I'm gonna miss that. You know, I. That's one thing that I I love about myself is that I am extremely disciplined because. I feel like that had a huge part in where I'm at today. Um, you know, if I wasn't disciplined with my schoolwork or I wasn't disciplined with my finances, you know, discipline comes in all shapes and sizes. And I feel like it's a it's a key pillar to have in your toolkit, you know, right. because with discipline, you can practically do anything you would like to do. Um, so I feel like that really, really hit home.
1: And I want to piggyback on that statement, too, because, yes, the fear of missing out is is it's a true reality. But then that goes back to. Um, that empowerment piece too. So Mm. you are the sum of the people that you spend the most time with. And if those friends of yours are the ones who want to go out constantly every week and they want to spend their money frivolously and they want to chastise or alienate you because you have long-term planning or you have a focus on maintaining your discipline, those are not the people you want to keep around. Um, I'm, I'm very happy and very proud to say that the people that I spend the most time talking to and the most time with understand what my mission is. Um, even if they're not executing on my mission in the same way that I am, they demonstrate great respect and great understanding. When I say this is what it is, I'm not doing that. Or, you know what? I think I can, you know, let my hair down, so to speak, and go out and spend a little bit because that's within budget. But a lot of what I've noticed, um, friends and family, when they see the, um, the success or that, that upward climb and, and, and building assets or building awareness and knowledge of the, uh, the way that finances work, they become inspired to do the same thing. And so that success becomes contagious yes. in the right circles. Um, and, and I don't have anybody who is close to me in my circle who is dragging me down or are telling me, oh, you know, you're not cool or, you know, you're not down because you don't hang out with us anymore. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. They understand exactly where I am, exactly where I want to go. And I'm very grateful to say that a lot of them are very, very supportive in that
0: Yes, yes, definitely upgrade your circles.
1: <laughs> yes, it like it has a profound
0: impact on where you're at in life, where you're going in life. I mean, I recently um like not recently, maybe about a year or so now I've been in this group of female, black female entrepreneurs. And when I say when one person wins, then the next person wins, then I win, then you like, it's just the, it's just the feeling the culture and, you know, just being in that group and surrounding yourself, but with those types of people um, it just makes you think differently and do things differently. Oh, yeah. um, so I wanted to switch gears just a little bit, just a tad. <laughs> um, and, you know, financial empowerment is great. And it's it's great to do it on your own, but you can't always do it on your own. Um, so I want to talk about, I know you have a TEDx talk coming up in December. Um, congratulations right. on that as well. <laughs>
1: Thank you very
0: much. You know, I want to do a TEDx talk and you know, applications are open right now for the one locally and I'm so nervous, but we'll talk, you know, off the record for that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but going back to that, so your talk is going to be financial empowerment as a team sport. Like I know what you mean by that, but can you just give my listeners a little bit of what you mean by how financial empowerment is a team sport?
1: Sure. So you know, another piggyback, right, to the last thing that we talked about and having um, your circle essentially be upgraded. Um, I cannot claim all of the success for uh, my awareness financially because you can't know everything and you shouldn't try to know everything, but you should know where to find things. And I pride myself on being able to um, identify who has the knowledge that I need and then seeking that out. So when I say financial empowerment as a team sport, I'm talking about all of the players who help um, make you successful financially, whether that be um, your CPA. So right, a a lot of people shy away from going to an accountant or a CPA and, um, and paying the money for them to perform the service. But what I like to promote or emphasize in that is I'm paying for his service but I'm also paying for the relationship and the expertise throughout the year. So I'm not going to him once a year. Well, lately I have been, but I'm not going (laughs) to him once a year and saying, okay, this is, here's all my information, do it. Um, And even if I do elect to do that, I still know in the back of my mind that I can pick up the phone. I can call him and I can say, Hey, you know what? I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? Or I'm in the process of doing this. What is your advice? And he's willing to give that information to me. We'll sit down and we'll talk for hours about what my strategy is, how to structure my businesses, and um, you know, where do we want to funnel this and where do we want to funnel that? Um, and he tells me straight up, he's like, my goal for you is to make sure that you pay the least amount of taxes possible. Mm-hmm. And 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 from a certain perspective, like that's business, but that's love too, right? Because who wants to pay taxes or who wants to pay excessive taxes, right? (laughs) So, um, that's just one example, but you know, that goes into many different avenues. You have your financial advisors, you have, you know, if you're in, um, if you're owning real estate, you have your realtors, you have your lenders. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a whole picture of people, Colleagues who are in the field. So I I work in financial services. So you can toss ideas back and forth, you know, the stockbrokers, you know, anywhere that you can pull knowledge from so that you have a very um, healthy pool to pull from when you're ready to to get that little nugget. Mm -hmm. And then you can build on that, right? So I'm a huge fan of this idea of compounding. Um, And not just from a financial perspective, but from a knowledge perspective. Every small step leads to a bigger uh, a, a bigger base, until that base becomes a foundation which um, you can build on. Uh, you know, massive buildings, right? So we're, I'm using this imagery here intentionally, and um, and really kind of the first step or the foundation to that. I think what really deters a lot of people in the world of personal finance or personal financial management is that they don't know where to start. And so, you know, to everybody that's listening, where to start is you know just taking that first step. You don't know what you don't know, you're not going to know what you don't know until you start moving in that direction. But for every step that you take towards that direction, more and more and more becomes revealed, and then it just becomes this adventure, and you you know I'm diving into books left and right, talking about different kinds of investment or investing styles. Um, different strategies around dealing with debt or building credit so that I have an arsenal of tools that I can then share with the audiences that I grace, whether that be on my platform or someone else's and so um, it 's that fear of of, uh, of success I think that fear of failure too right. um, and, and that paralyzes people and saying, you know what like i'm just i'm not going to deal with it or i 'm not going to pursue it." And, and that goes back to empowerment, right? So you need people to encourage you. You need people to tell you, hey, like, you're messing up. Get it together. If I show up at my accountant's office and he sees, like, all, ex- all of these expenses and he's like, what did you do? What did you do all year? <laughs> there, there's that accountability piece, too. So right, right. true to a team sport and for anybody who's ever played on a team sport, you've got to do what you got to do to show up, whether that means eating right, working out, you know, hitting the gym, just having that drive and that passion um, within your individual position. But you also have an obligation to your team and your team has an obligation to you. And that analogy is true to financial empowerment because, again, you don't wake up knowing everything about finance. You don't wake up being a an expert. Um, And then financial markets change every day, right? So there's new information, there's new ways to invest, there's new things to invest in. And so there is a drive and a passion on my part for continuous education in the world of finance. And the only way that, that I can do that is by associating with other people who are in that world.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I'm definitely a firm believer in having a squad. (laughs) Um, Because when I used to work at a firm, you know, we had relationships with CPAs and estate planning attorneys and just all these people that made up the team because financial planners know a lot about, you know, certain things, but then CPAs know a lot about certain things and estate planning attorneys know a lot about certain things. So to have that all together as your squad,
1: <laughs> right? You know. Right. Building that team is important. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, have a um, funny,
1: uh, funny, story before we move on. Um, just kind of speaking about that. So, when I was in process per the, excuse me, when I was in the process of purchasing my house, um, my lender was reviewing my information, reviewing my pay stubs, and you know, tax returns and that whole kind of thing. And he's like, man, your uh, accountant did a really good job at making it look like you take home less than you actually do. Mm-hmm. Whereas my job is to try to make it look like you take home more than you actually do. <laughs> so you have the budding heads, right, of the different strategies because my accountant's job is to make it look like my taxable income is so much less and I'm walking right. home with much less than what it is that I earn. But then he's like... Man, we need to find a way to um to to get you to a point where it looks like you're making more, so we can qualify you for more. And of course, there's there's a selfish motives within each profession. But I just oh, thought yeah. that that was so interesting and entertaining to see that you know they're button heads around you know how to report this or how to report that on the um on the tax form, and um and ultimately get me qualified for this for this purchase. Right, um, but right. that's just one example.
0: And I was going to say, you know, even though, like, for instance, when I used to work for a firm, sometimes we would find things like, hey, you can be deducting for this thing that maybe the CPA may have missed or the CPA would come to us like, hey, have you thought about this strategy? So, you know, just working off of each other helps, too, um, because more than one set of eyes on things <laughs> is yep. always a plus. So, um We're going to wrap up here, but I just wanted to mention one more thing. You said you were from New York, and Based on our conversation before, you're from Money Earning Mount Vernon. Right. I'm excited about that because I'm from White Plains, and if anybody knows about New York, those are both in the same county, in Westchester County. So when he told me that, I was like, okay, I got family coming on. (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, if you can tell people Rakim, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about you?
1: So I have a website and my website is as simple as my name's www.RakimSabri.com. So that's R-A-H-K-I-M-S-A-B like boy, R-E-E.com. And then from there, all of my social media links are available. Um, but I'm on LinkedIn under Rakim Sabri. I'm on Instagram under Unlimited Investment Inquiries. I'm on Facebook under Unlimited Investment Solutions. And I am on Twitter at Finance underscore Fridays.
0: All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Rakim, again, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And hopefully this won't be the last time.
1: Oh, no, it won't. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to MoneytalkwithT.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.